Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello there, my friends, and welcome back. Glad that you're with us today for our next episode of uh, Everyday Truth. I, I do want you to check that address out in the description label there and send me a postcard. I know it's kind of a wild idea, but I'd love to know where people are from and where they're watching from, where they're going. I'm just trying to keep track of your life. And I'd love to, to uh, share some of those here on the podcast in uh, future episodes. We uh, began talking yesterday a bit about uh, the ministry of Andrew and Peter. So Jesus is in his public ministry, as we well know, in Mark chapter 1. And the book of Mark kind of skips over uh, some of the, the Judean ministry of Jesus. So at the early stages of Jesus' public ministry, he spent some time in Judea, uh, John chapter 2, the cleansing of the temple. He did some miracles that the Bible doesn't give specificity about, but he met with Nicodemus. Remember John chapter 3, he made his way back up to Samaria, the Bible says, after a four-month Judean ministry. The woman at the well uh, on his way through Samaria, all of that happened right after Jesus uh, was uh, began his public ministry. But in the book of Mark, uh, we see his public ministry only at the beginning of the Galilean ministry. So understand that this is months into the ministry of Jesus, but just at the beginning of his Galilean ministry. And the Bible's teaching here that he's in the upper a part of the Sea of Galilee, the northern section, right near Capernaum, because that's where Peter and Andrew and James and John were from, that, that area. They were from Bethsaida, but they worked out of Capernaum, uh, that Andrew and Peter were fishing. And the Bible says, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday, that as they were casting their nets. So you talk about calling somebody midstream, you talk about calling somebody in the middle of a busy task. That's exactly what Jesus did because Andrew and Peter were casting their net. I mean, it would seem logical that Jesus would call them at the end of the day or on their day off or on the weekend. Uh, but is it not interesting that in the middle of their workday, as they are casting their nets, Jesus calls them away? You know that Jesus has prerogative to change our direction. And I think the fact that they were called at the very moment that they were casting nets, hoping to catch a catch a fish at that very moment, I think that speaks to the authority of Jesus, uh, that he can upend our plans. He can insert himself into our life at whatever point he wants. And our response to that tells us everything about priority, about authority, and all of it. So watch what happens here in Mark 1, verse 16, where Jesus sees them casting a net into the sea. They were fishers. Verse number 17, and Jesus said unto them, come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. So Jesus calls out to them and says, listen, follow me. Come after me. 
I'm leading, you're following, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I, I know that, that that's a very common metaphor for those of us that have been around the Bible, but just think about hearing that for the first time. Uh, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Uh, you're fishers right now, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to help you understand how to fish for men. I'm going to make you something new. I'm going to recreate you. I'm going to identify you differently. And I feel like that's so important because too often we think of following Jesus as, well, you know, I would follow Jesus, but I'm not qualified. Or I would follow Jesus, but I'm not ready yet. Or I would follow Jesus, but I really don't know how to do ministry. I don't know how to lead people to Christ. I don't know how to teach the Bible. I don't know how to fill in that blank. But Jesus didn't call those that were qualified. No, he qualified those whom he called. Don't get the cart before the horse. So he called them away from their nets. That's the choice of sovereignty. He called them away from their nets. And now he said, and I'm going, I will make you fishers of men. I will do this in your life. It's not what you can make yourself to be, to be presentable to Jesus. No, it's what Jesus can make you to be if you'll surrender your will and your life to him. See the difference? It's subtle, but it's big, isn't it? So look at verse number uh, 18. Here's the response. And you're going to see this response throughout the book of Mark. It's a key word. Watch it. Verse 18. And straightway, they forsook their nets and followed him. What language? Straightway. What, did, what does that connote? That connotes immediacy. That connotes a sense of urgency. Uh, uh, straightway. Now, there, there could have been some, some rational uh, response here. They could have said, well, you know, Jesus, uh, we will we, do just that, but we, we've got to get finish our day of fishing. We've got to haul in these nets. We've, we've got some work to finish. Uh, we're going to get things. Comp no, the Bible says straightway, immediately. Uh, when they heard the word of Jesus, when they understood the clarity of his call, they immediately uh, made up their mind what they would do. They straightway, they forsook their nets. So this was not a leaving just in the sense of, hey, we'll give this a try. Uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll make this our, uh, this will be our kind of our, our, our day's operation. No, they forsook their, their nets. Their, their mindset was, this is a clear line of demarcation. That was my old life. This is my new life. I am forsaking. I think about the story of Elisha when Elijah was making his way up from the Mount Sinai and he stopped at a place called Abel Mahola. And there he saw Elisha plowing with a yoke of oxen and he called him, remember? And Elisha's response was he, he slew, slew those oxen to offer them as sacrifices. And then he took the, the yoke that bound those oxen together, the wood oak, and he used that as the, the firewood for the fire. What was he doing? He was not giving himself any options to go back. He was saying, I embrace the call, no turning back. Sometimes we sing that great song, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. 
You know, the cross before me, the world behind me, I'm following Jesus. That was the attitude of Andrew and Peter. Now, how did it work out? Well, not necessarily as as well as you might think, because uh, Peter had some struggles and he had to be reclaimed and recalled. But the point was, their attitude in this moment was, right now, we're all in. Right now, we're all in. And that's a great attitude for you and me to have as well. Uh, Look at verse uh, number 17, uh, so verse 18 rather, and straightway they forsook their nets and followed him. Well, that was the only, that was the imperative to which they, Jesus called them. Hey, follow me. And then I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to make you fishers of men. Your one job is simply to follow me. Too often we make the Christian life way too complex And our one job is to follow Jesus. Our one job is to to learn of him. Come unto me, learn of me, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. And is that not what church ought to be about? A focus upon, a learning about Jesus? Is that not what everyday truth is? Is that not what our Bible study, our Bible reading, our memorization, isn't that what all of it should be? It should be a focus upon of the Lord Jesus Christ, to learn of him, to follow him, to WWJD, what, what, what would Jesus do? And let's learn of him and, and follow him and emulate him, be empowered by him, uh, follow him. That's the great secret to the simplicity of the Christian life. He is followable. Why? Because his footprints have been clearly marked in the pages of scripture. Now look at verse number 19, and when he had gone a little farther thence, so he's walking along the shoreline, he's called Peter and Andrew. They have immediately, straightway, left their nets, forsook them, and now are following Jesus. And now watch in verse number 19, and when he had gone a little farther thence, he saw James, the son of Zebedee. Zebedee was a a big businessman back in those days. If you were to come to Israel with me, and I hope you do one day, I'll take you to the ruins of the city of Capernaum. And even today, there is a stone pillar that they found, and I I can show it to you, that has the name Zebedee right there in the pillar. I mean, he was a man of some significance, a man of some wealth and status in the city of Capernaum. And the Bible says that James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, so James was the older, John the younger, they, they, were, they were in the ship mending their nets. So Andrew and Peter, they were casting their nets. They were in the middle of their job. James and John, they were mending their nets. So that's an important part of the fishing industry as well. And the Bible says in verse 20, and straightway he called them. See the word again, straightway? He called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the ship with the hired servants and went after him. Boy, that tells me a whole lot, just one verse. They left, first of all, they just like Andrew and Peter, but the added information here is they left their dad. So they prioritized their relationship with Jesus even over the human affection and authority relationship of their own dad. Jesus would say later on in Luke chapter 14, if any man come after me and hate not father and mother and wife 
and brothers and sisters and children, his own life also. He cannot be my disciple. The point here is not that we hate the human relationships in our life, but that we favor, that's the, that's the term, that we favor our relationship with Jesus over every human relationship. And James and John were great examples of that. If you study the ages of the disciples, Jesus, we know, was age 30. Almost always, those that followed a rabbi were younger than the rabbi. Can take in, and keep in mind that John lived well into the 90s AD. John was probably just a teenager. It was permissible for somebody age 15 to leave and follow a rabbi. He was probably a 16-year-old here, a 17-year-old. And yet, so taken was he, so convinced was he of the authority and the identity of Jesus that he left his father, left the business. The Bible says they left them with the hired servants. It must have been a successful business for them to have other employees beyond family members, hired servants. And yet the success, the bigness of it, the prospect of receiving it, inheriting it one day, the relationship with dad, just all of those pulling factors, none of them were strong enough to keep them from the magnetism of the call of Jesus in their life. And they made that great decision. So what a great example for you and me, Andrew and Peter and James and John, straightway forsaking nets and businesses and relationships and simply following Jesus. Uh, that's a, a great reminder for all of us today, isn't it? And I hope it helps you. So we're going to stop right there in verse number uh, 20, and we're going to pick it up in verse number 21 tomorrow. Hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.